0: Hello, everyone. It's a real privilege to be able to uh, be with you again this morning to share from God's word. My name is John Basson. I'm one of the pastors at Connect Church in Cape Town. And what I want to talk about this morning is a subject or a topic that's close to the heart of many people. It is the whole issue of prayer. Isn't it interesting to note that people from all persuasions of life will pray when they are desperate enough? I'm sure all of us have seen this at one time or another. But what I would like to focus on in this message is that through the ages, people have prayed because of an unshakable conviction that prayer is one of the cornerstones of the Christian faith and that many of the miracles, changes, and great moves Of God that they've seen have come and can be traced back to people praying Two weeks ago I was reading the story of a small church in Pretoria that tried everything they could to reach out to their community and To meet the needs of their congregation with little evidence of much happening at all the then pastor decided that the only solution was to pray and to keep on praying until something shifted. I share this story with you because it was at about that time that I came to personal faith in Jesus Christ. And when I saw what was happening in that church and what God was doing in the lives of people in that church, it had a massive impact on my faith as a young believer. We're about to start 28 days of prayer at Connect Church because we've got an unshakable conviction that we should be praying more and not less and that COVID has afforded us more time to be able to pray as the church needs to be putting more time into praying. Each day of the week, Monday to Friday during February, there'll be a short devotion available that will enable us to pray together. Now, I've discovered that there are a few factors that strongly influence whether people will put time and effort into praying. And in saying this, I know that most of us who are watching today believe in the importance of prayer. But what makes prayer powerful is whether people are actually praying, not just listening to a sermon or some teaching on prayer. So let's begin by by reading from Luke's Gospel in chapter 11 here one of jesus disciples asked him to teach them to pray which suggests that they felt some degree of inadequacy or ignorance when they heard somebody like jesus praying there's also a degree of humility in asking to be taught to pray perhaps there, there, there are some of us today who've heard many sermons on prayer but still feel a little inadequate when it comes to this topic of prayer I'm hoping that this message will help more of us to pray, that prayer will become one of our priorities during 2021. So let's look together at Luke's gospel and chapter 11, and we're going to start uh, at verse one. You can follow with me on the screen. One day, Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray As John, and speaking about John the Baptist, John the Baptist taught his disciples. And he said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us. And lead us not into temptation. And then he said to them, suppose one of you has a friend, and he goes to him at midnight, and he says, friend lend me three loaves of bread because a friend of mine on a journey has come to me and I have nothing to set before him. Then the one inside answers, don't bother me. The door's already locked and my children are with me in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you, though you'll not get up and give him the bread because he is his friend, yet because of this man's boldness, he will get up and give him as much as he needs. And so I say to you, ask "...and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. He who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children... How much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? And we can see from Jesus' response to this request, we have what has become known today as the Lord's Prayer, or I would rather call it the Disciples' Prayer, in which there's some very, very helpful instructions for people who want to learn to pray. So the first factor I see here that, that influences whether people will be willing to put time and effort into praying is that every one of us needs to be equipped to pray. Every one of us needs to be equipped to pray. I guess it would be true to say that the majority have learned of us have learned to pray by listening to other people pray. But these disciples of Jesus come from different walks of life. Some of them are tradesmen. Some of them are fishermen. Some of them are tax collectors and the like. But they all recognize that they needed to learn to pray. They needed to be equipped to be able to pray. And so when Jesus teaches them to pray, his goal is that they will be able to pray effectively and that they will be able to pray meaningfully because of what the way he has taught them to pray. Let's look at some of the things they are to say when they pray. Notice that this prayer begins with the words, with the word Father, or as Matthew puts it, our Father. You know, this is what Jesus would say when he prayed in John chapter 17 and verse 1. We read these words after Jesus said this. He looked towards heaven and prayed, Father, the time has come. Glorify your Son that your Son may glorify you. You see, there's there's something that happens when we speak to God like this. Somehow it begins to deal with some of the misconceptions that we have about God. It reminds us that God is approachable, that God is our heavenly Father. He's not like our earthly fathers. And when Jesus taught his disciples to pray, he said, pray like this, Father or our Father. But then Jesus goes on to say that prayer is about us talking to God. When you pray, this is what you just say. You see, prayer is when people talk to God. It's not when they share their opinions. It's not meant to be a display of how eloquent we are. Anyone must be able to do it. A child should be able to pray. A fisherman must be able to do it. An illiterate person should be able to talk to God. A highly educated person must be able to talk to God in this way. Prayer, in fact, Jesus said, is for everyone. But the Lord's Prayer also reminds us that prayer means turning our attention to God. And while this prayer teaches us to pray about our personal needs, you will notice it doesn't start there. In his teaching on prayer, Jesus tells his disciples that prayer is about them looking to God, them relying on God, them trusting God, and them talking to God. Prayer focuses our attention on God. But it also struck me that the answers to our prayers are to be for the glory of God. Notice those words, and we know them so well, we're so familiar with them hallowed be your name. That means that our desire that is that God will be glorified through the answers to our prayers. Now the rest of this prayer is self-explanatory. It's praying to our Father in heaven so that he will be glorified through his reign and rule being established on earth. You will notice that in this prayer, Jesus is is teaching his disciples to pray according to his will. This is then how you should pray. Matthew says in Matthew chapter 6, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The Apostle John in his first letter tells us in chapter 5 verses 14 and 15, this is the confidence that you and I have. In approaching God, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we have asked of him. It's God's will that we should pray for his rule and reign to be demonstrated in this world through the answers to our prayer. And it's also his will that we should pray that the coming of his kingdom will happen You'll remember in John's Gospel in chapter 2, we've got this incident recorded for us by the Apostle John of Jesus being at a wedding feast in Cana in Galilee. And you remember how he turned uh, the water into wine. And in verse 11, 11, John says this, the first of his miraculous signs, Jesus performed at Cana in Galilee. He thus revealed his glory. And his disciples put his faith in them. And so Jesus reveals the glory of God as he turns water into wine. But then then comes some of our, our personal needs. Praying for provision. Praying for forgiveness. And praying for deliverance. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us and lead us not into temptation. Notice that we're all encouraged to pray about our daily needs. And nothing could be more relevant than this because of what we're going through and what many many people are facing at the moment. In fact, I'd love to take some time Right in the middle of the sermon to pray for some of you because of the wonderful promises that we have in God's word. May I remind you of of some of those promises and what Jesus teaches when it comes to our needs, our personal needs. It's found in, in Matthew's Gospel in chapter six, and in verse twenty five he says, "Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, or about your body, what you will wear." Is not life more important than food, and the body more important than clothes. And then in verse 26, he goes on to say, Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not not much more valuable than they are? Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to his life? And why do you worry about your clothes? See how the lilies of the field grow. They do not labor or spin, and yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that's how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after these things. And your heavenly Father knows that you need them, but seek first His kingdom and His righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. So let's take a moment to pray, and uh, let's take a moment to pray together for for people who have, who have some very real needs, who you're facing desperate times because of COVID. Those who've lost jobs, those who, who who are really struggling at the moment, and we want to bring them to the Lord. And so, Father, this morning, I thank you. I thank you that today we can bring our needs to you because you care for us. As our Father in heaven, you care for us. And Lord, as I'm praying this morning, there are people who've got financial needs. They're people who've lost jobs. They're people who are desperately looking for employment. They're people who are worried about whether they're going to have food for the next meal. How they're going to be able to look after their kids and pay school fees. All of those kinds of things. But Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus today. The God who promised to hear our prayers when we bring our needs before you. And Father, you know the needs of people and so I bring them to you today. Ask you Lord that as you promised, you will provide for their needs. And I pray as well, give people the grace to put you first in their lives, to seek first the kingdom of God and see that promise being fulfilled. And I pray that in the name of Jesus. Amen. But this disciples' prayer also teaches us that regularly praying for forgiveness is something that all of us need to do. I'm I'm sure that Like me, you've noticed that sin is being downplayed and renamed in our culture. But this prayer reminds us that it's not something that God ignores. Remember the story of Ananias and Sapphira that lied about the gift that they were bringing, the financial gift that they were bringing, pretending to be holier than thou, super spiritual people. And you remember how God dealt with them. Because we're all in a spiritual battle. Praying that we'll not be led into temptation and be delivered from the evil one reminds us that this is something we can't do on our own. Remember those words in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 13. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. So one of the factors we've seen that strongly influence whether people will put time and effort into praying is whether they have been equipped to be able to pray, that they've, they've learned to pray. But then the second factor that will have an influence on whether we put time and effort into praying is the willingness to persevere and to persist the willingness to persevere and persist to me this is quite uh, a big issue in the era of instant that we live in i feel it's a word in season for the the christian culture and context that we relate to In his teaching on prayer jesus tells the parable about a man who woke up his neighbor in the middle of night the night because he needed some bread for a friend who needed accommodation and hospitality And despite this friend's reluctance, he eventually gets what he needs because he's bold enough to persist in asking. The lesson that Jesus is teaching is that sometimes I think we give up too easily. And even when it's not easy and even when it's difficult, we need to persist and keep on praying. Think about the parable. In Luke's gospel in chapter 18, of the persistent widow and the uncompassionate judge who refused to give her justice against her adversary. In Luke's gospel, chapter 18, when Jesus told his disciples, then Jesus told his disciples about a parable to show that they should always pray and not give up. Here it is. Here's his teaching. They should always pray and not give up. won't eventually wear me out with her coming and the Lord said listen to what the unjust judge says and will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night will he keep putting them off when it comes to prayer we need to learn to persevere it needs to become a non-negotiable part of our faith that's why Jesus goes on to say in this, these scriptures we were reading in Luke chapter 11. So I say to you, ask. And by implication, that word means and keep on asking. Then it will be given to you. Seek and keep on seeking. And you will find. Knock and keep on ocking, knocking. And the door will be opened for you. For everyone who asks receives. And he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, the door will open be opened. But then the third factor that influences whether people will put time and effort into praying is a revelation of the character of God. In his teaching on prayer, Jesus doesn't stop with the Lord's prayer or the disciples' prayer, as I prefer to call it. He goes on to uh, to compare God Uh, to our earthly fathers our biological fathers because they play such an important role in our lives and even though they are far from perfect and don't always get us get it right God's not like that not ever which of you fathers Luke's gospel 11 which of your fathers if your son asks for a fish will give him a snake instead or if he asks for an egg will give him a scorpion If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to them or to those that ask him? Because of what Jesus teaches about prayer, we know that we should be praying for the gift of the Holy Spirit. We know that we should be praying for the power of the Holy Spirit, the fruit of the Holy Spirit, the filling of the Holy Spirit. And the ministry of the Holy Spirit, we see this this pattern in Scripture all the time. Look at Acts chapter four, verses twenty nine to thirty one. Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to perform miracles, miraculous signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant Jesus. And after they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. Notice when Paul is writing to the Ephesian believers. One of his prayers is that he says, I pray that out of his glorious riches, he will strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Or what about uh, what he says or that instruction that he gives to the Ephesians in chapter 5 and verse 18? Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Our prayer is, God, come and fill us with your Spirit. Empower us with your Spirit. As I mentioned, over the next 28 days, there will be short devotions each day that will guide us As we pray together, even though we're unable to be together physically. But my goal in preaching this message is to highlight the fact that when people have been properly equipped and discipled. When they are willing to persevere and persist in prayer. And when they have a true understanding and revelation of the character of God. We will find people putting time and effort into praying. We must not forget that both the description we have of the early church and the instructions given to them about prayer highlight something really important. They were devoted to prayer. In Acts chapter 2 and verse 42, speaking about the early church, It says, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. In Colossians chapter 4 and verse 2, the apostle Paul says to the believers in Colossae, devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. Again, when he writes to the Thessalonian believers, he says, be joyful always and pray continually. Today I would like to invite you and ask all of you to join with me as we commit ourselves to praying together during the month of February. I hope that this message has helped you in your, in your journey of prayer. I, I trust it will motivate us to pray together because as I said early on, what a wonderful opportunity to devote ourselves to prayer at the moment. So as we close off, may I take some time to pray for all of us. (coughs) Pardon me. Father, you know that we've heard many messages on prayer. You know this is one of the topics that we speak about very often. It's something that's really close to each one of our hearts But Father, I want to pray over this month that lies ahead that there will be a real grace to be able to devote ourselves to prayer. Lord, where we will be able to unite together to call upon your name. Lord, we trust you and we rely upon you. We want to see in these days a great outpouring of your spirit in your church. It is our desire to see many people come to faith in Jesus. But Lord, we know that's not going to happen just through our own efforts. Lord, we need a great move of God. And so today, Lord, we commit ourselves to calling on your name to pray that your kingdom will come, that your will will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Father, I pray that once again you will bless your people, that you will give them the wisdom they need, and the grace that they need during this week that lies ahead of them. And I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. And may the Lord bless each one of you in the week that lies ahead.